The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson. Uh, Ajay Salveson, he's enjoying the hot weather of Las Vegas. So he's gone on vacation. What a slacker. I know. Uh, does the term what happens in Vegas stay in Vegas? So does Ajay stay in Vegas? Uh, yeah, he's quarantined for two weeks. Do we let him back? <laughs> I don't. I think we I, don't let him back until he changes his stance on Taysom Hill and Bobby Wagner. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, I think that's very reasonable. And Kyle Van Noy, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, AJ Knight, uh, Ethan Dursteller sticking around uh, with us here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks to you guys for joining us. That was a really fun hour, the last hour, if you I missed agree. it. Uh, I realize now that I didn't post yesterday's <laughs> episodes to our, our Facebook page or our podcast library. I will rectify that uh, after we get off the air today. Um, but that was a really fun hour. Um, this hour, we'll, we'll still talk a little bit about some of the breaking news of the day, uh, but we'll also be getting a little bit more detail about what's going on, what we can expect from the Ridgeline Riverhawks for this upcoming football season and the Bear River Bears. The play-by-play announcers for both those schools will be joining us a little bit later on this hour to give us uh, their perspectives of what's going on with those high school football teams. Because while college football is falling apart, so far <laughs> high school football is still a green light and they're yeah. still moving forward. Um, guys, before we uh, ended the last hour, we got into the stat that blew our minds. But we didn't get a chance to get into our player of the week, a specific player that really stood out to us and what they were able to do in the past week. Um, Andre, let's – oh, man. Bound to happen. You can throw something <laughs> at me for that. AJ, uh, let's start with you and somebody that stood out to you this past week. Well, your stat to blow uh, your mind was about this Phoenix Suns winning streak, and Devin Booker was my player. I mean, it's probably more than a week, but I, I in all honesty – I view him the same way I view James Harden. I think they're immensely talented. I think they're chuckers, especially Booker, because he hasn't actually won anything. But the fact that they've won six, they're undefeated. Uh, I think most people made him a long shot. They're going to, I think, get in the playing game. I had to make a guess, probably against Portland for the eighth seed. I got to give him some credit, because I don't think that Suns team is still very good, but they are playing super well. I they, mean, they crushed, what, Oklahoma City by about 17 today, I think. Well, it was the Sixers. The Sixers, sorry. 130 to 117. Yeah. Devin Booker. I hate I, it. I hate it. It feels so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ethan, who stood out to you? Uh, my player of the week is Juan Soto of the uh, my Washington Nationals. Uh, big Nats fan. Was able to go to a World Series game last year. Uh, they have sucked this year. But uh, Juan came back this week from uh, a COVID-19 test and blasted the longest homer of his career last night. We routed the Mets 5-0. So my player of the week, t- drinks to you, Juan Soto. I mean, I mean, beating the Mets isn't really anything. No, it's not. It's nothing. But I, 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 that's why I was like, Mets. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Juan Soto. It's my guy. Uh, I'm sticking in baseball as well, actually. My player is Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, this guy has just gone nuts. Lately, he had uh, what was it? He was had six home runs in his last six games. Um, he is tied with Aaron Judge with eight home runs overall for the season. Um, he's uh, really helping to keep San San Diego kind of relevant this yeah. year. Uh, they're in the hunt. They're just like a game and a half outside of first uh, in their division. 
But he is the ninth different player to homer in four consecutive games at 21 years old or younger over the last 100 years. Wow. So Did not you, very many people have, have been able to accomplish that feat. Yeah, that's incredible. Did you read that ESPN article about him this week? That was I saw Fernando it. I Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, is the, fa- the future face of baseball. Basically, get used to it. I haven't read it either, but saw it. Looks like he's going to be great. Yeah, it's, it's all about having fun and, yeah. and uh, celebrating the game and uh, larger-than-life character and I think that baseball needs more of those guys. So he's not Mike Trout, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Trout, very talented, but the most uh, yeah expressive guy. Charismatic. Yeah. Very good. It's unfortunate because he may go down as one of the – well, will go down, I think, as a Hall of Famer, but maybe one of the best to ever do it. And I mean, are the Angels ever going to make the playoffs? Sniff yeah, them at least. Such a bummer. Because right? you have like, I mean, all of like the greats, right, have such a personality too, like Babe Ruth, yeah. Partier, Mickey Mantle, crazy guy, Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig's disease. And then you get like Mike Trout made the playoffs once. Yeah. Business <laughs> like, as usual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you could be like uh, in the NBA and the uh, board man gets paid, you know, Kawhi Leonard, he's, he's got zero personality, but. That's true. His, but his if he had more personality, yeah. we would see a lot more. They've done a good sure. job with his commercials, though. I love the Terminator one that they did with him with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the lady that plays Sarah Connor. That one was really good. Oh, yes. That is clever. Um, again, just the, the, the big announcement today, Big 12, uh, well, excuse me, the Pac-12 and the Big 10 making their announcements regarding uh, fall sports and uh, the Pac-12 has gone so far to say it's not just fall sports. We're not going to do any activities until the start of next year. So that has implication on the early part of winter sports, like the non-conference segment of of uh, college basketball for them is is wiped clean. Um, but, Ethan, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Ethan Durseller, you, uh, you work for the NFL. This is a comment from Kirk Herbstreet earlier today about these announcements and if there's a place where the NFL can work with college football with some of these changes. Is the NFL going to look at college football, try to reach down and work with the college football powers to be and say, hey, we want to be a good partner. These are uncharted waters. We feel awful just because it's impacting our world and your world. Hey, let's push back the draft to June or July. I know those conversations aren't happening now, but could they? Uh, That would go a long way in determining of whether or not these players would stay and play or not. Uh, like like Kirk said, he knows those conversations haven't happened yet, uh, and, and he knows as well as I do that you know the NFL is always, especially under Commissioner Goodell, has always been open to negotiation with basically anyone. So I'm sure that if 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 certain things were to happen, then the NFL would be happy to at least have conversations with the NCAA to see how they could make that work. But as we mentioned earlier in the program, I don't think spring football is going to happen. I just don't. Um, and it looks like the SEC and the ACC are going to play in the fall. So then how do you rectify like, hey, the SEC and the ACC guys, you know, they're ready for the draft. Yep. But the Big Ten guys, you know, they're playing in the spring. I just don't see – like I said, spring football is not going to – I don't think it's going to happen. If it does, the players that have a chance to be drafted high aren't going to play. Um, so I, my, my bet would be that unless something massive happens in the SEC and the ACC both say we're not playing either and, and we're 100% having a season in the spring, then maybe you move the draft. But if it's just like, hey, maybe we'll play in the spring, we don't really know, then, I mean, we, the NFL doesn't work on maybe, hey, like, you know, if it was 100% we're playing in the spring, then, yes, those conversations would happen. But I don't think that's going to happen, and, and it looks like 
at least two of the big of the power five are going to play in the fall anyways so yeah, I think the difference with like the NBA and college basketball is that it universally affected them both. College basketball didn't have the NCAA tournament. They had most of their season already in and their conference tournaments to some degree in, but the NBA had their schedule affected. So it was not that big of a deal for them to make that adjustment for when they're going to do their draft or their yeah. draft lottery. But for, for football, it is very different because you're having, you may have some conferences play this fall. Yep. You may have some conferences play in the spring. Uh, so the NFL may still go for their calendar as usual without interruption. Well, with not a significant interruption. Yeah. I mean, there may be a team here or there that has an interruption, but by all accounts, the NFL is moving forward with their plans. Yeah. So if the NFL season's not affected, and some college, season, or some college teams are, but others aren't, it's how do you even manage that? You just... The NFL, I would imagine, just have to say, look, this is where we're going to do to fix. This is our calendar. Our calendar wasn't affected. Yeah. Sorry that yours might have been, but ours hasn't been. Right. And we just have to operate on our calendar. Yeah, I think you make a great point too. Of if it's some teams that ha- are affected and some teams that aren't, then ba- like you said, we basically just have to say this is our calendar because you don't want it to make it seem like oh the NFL is favoring the SEC or oh the NFL is favoring the Big Ten because they're moving their dates. Unless it's a unanimous decision, I think it's pretty hard to negotiate rather than just say, like you said, Eric, hey, this is our schedule. This is what we're doing. These are the decisions you made. Let's see how we can hopefully make it work. Yeah, I think we we kind of agreed anyway. We don't think that the the Pac-12 or Big Ten when it comes to spring football have really thought about it. It's more just no. a maybe, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get around to it. And like you said, the NFL's like, well, what do you want to do? And they don't come up with the answer. And they're both like, oh, well, we couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then just pun on the season. Especially when you see like all these news stories coming out though it's like COVID-19 is going to be worse in the flu season than it is now. Like I don't know why January 1st the Pac-12 is just going to be like, good "Hey, point. guess what? We're ready for football." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We've all been in confined spaces. We can't yeah. get outside very much, but yeah. let's go. All right, we can't play football. We can't practice outside because it's cold whereas we could in the fall. Like now we can't. So yeah, I spring football just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I agree. Unless you start at the weekend after the Super Bowl and it's uh you steal from the XFL, just take that model, and uh, we're going to go in the NFL offseason and just keep football going. But you're right. I think that it, it poses so many other challenges that I just don't really see. Two football seasons in, in within six to eight months of each other, I just don't see that. Yeah. Do you yeah, think the NFL weird. fluctuate its schedule a little bit? Because we've seen in years years past once college football ends, NFL moves some games to Saturday. Obviously, I think we're both in agreement. I'm pretty sure the SEC is really going to play unless something really bad happens. But do you think the NFL changes schedule at all? I think that if Saturday's vacated, then yeah, they probably will. So, yeah. But um, it, it, I mean, if the SEC plays and the and the ACC plays, like good on them because they're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. From taking up spaces where True. like ABC games that the Big Ten would have been playing in, right? So. If if all those spaces are vacated and there's nothing on on Saturday, then yeah, I think that the NFL will definitely look at you know moving some of the games to Saturday so fans have something to watch. But uh, for now, I think it looks like the SEC and the ACC are going to play and they're going to dominate those games. And like it'll be good for lower level SEC schools like Vanderbilt, who never on right. national TV, they're going to be playing at like yeah, noon no, on a Saturday, fair. right? That's so. a good point. Who would have thought? Like baseball totally biffed their whole handling of this because they just got overlapped by what, in my opinion, are two better sports in their playoffs. But who would have thought second would have been college football that biffed it this bad? Huh. It's probably the second most popular sport in the country, and it just can't figure it out. That's yeah. crazy. 
I think so much of it is tied to how well it's run, right? When yeah. crises oh, happen, yeah. it, you can't rely on your your it's prestige. Your unified or, leadership. Yeah, it's yeah. unified leadership and yeah. how well is the league run, right? The NBA has been praised for so long under Commissioner Silver for being a smoothly run league that does stuff the right way. And look, like the bubbles work great. I'm not saying it's going to be you know perfect going forward, but so far it's been basically perfect, right? So I think that it reflects a lot on leadership, how these leagues start and how the plans work. And obviously, it has reflected poorly, to say the least, on the NCAA's yeah. and, and conference uh, leadership so far. Uh, two more things before we take our time out and, uh, and we let you go, Ethan. Um, the Major League Baseball is now considering, they weren't earlier, but now they are considering the possibility of doing playoffs in a bubble. Uh, the NBA is in a bubble. The NHL is in a bubble. And it's working being in that kind of environment. Could the NFL consider doing something like that? Logistically, it could be really, really challenging. But is there a possibility that the NFL could find some city or some venue where they could operate within a bubble? I don't want to say it's impossible, right? Because everything is possible when you're dealing with professional sports. I just feel like there's so much money and so much at stake that, like, yeah, anything can happen. But uh, right now, there is no plan to, to do a bubble. I, I think we mentioned on the show two weeks ago, our plan is to do what we call a regional bubble format where each stadium and facility is essentially a bubble unto itself where players, you know, go home, they go to the, the facility, they practice, they go back home, and that's it. And then they on Friday nights, they fly to their city, they're in their hotel, they play their game, and they fly right back to an already established bubble. So like you mentioned, Eric, it's logistically, it's so much harder for the NFL because you know the NBA has 17 players and like two athletic trainers and a couple coaches. The NFL has now 55-man rosters. You have the practice squad that it sometimes yep. travels with the team. You have, what, 35 coaches <sighs> – upwards of 25 trainers, emergency medical personnel, broadcast crews. I mean, it's just so difficult logistically to say, hey, we're going to have four games going at once. Like, I don't even know a city where there's four NFL-quality stadiums that you could do that at. So, I mean, it would be interesting to see. But, yeah, right now we're just planning on the regional bubble format. I guess Los Angeles, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. If USC and UCLA aren't going to play. It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you could try the hockey format. You didn't necessarily need one. You could try to do two. Hockey did two, east and west. Yeah. East and west. Mm. A fun fact, I, I really think, just while we're on the subject, I think hockey's worked because, to me, culturally, hockey is different. Like, those players love hockey. And it worked. They they haven't had a single positive test, but I really think part of it is the culture, not just the bubble. Like, I just feel like I hockey agree. players love hockey so Hockey much. players just live for hockey. Yeah, yeah I man. agree. I mean, culture, be, I think, is a big yeah. part of it. But the bubble has worked for them. Whatever I need to do to make sure I can still play hockey, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, last thing for me, and uh, uh, Donald Trump was on this radio station earlier today. He was on the I'll kick the coverage with uh, Clay Travis. Um, talked a lot of, about a lot of different issues. He talked about college football, let him play, uh, basically. Um, but he also talked about the NFL, and he made some comments that he he hopes the NFL happens unless players kneel for the anthem and then he doesn't want it want it to take place uh we've seen that uh social issues very much a part of what's going on in the nba um social issues going on with the start of the nfl how much is that going to play a factor in what they do and being i guess socially aware of what's going on will they will how different will the nfl be from the nba or will they just kind of do their own thing 
I'm going to be really careful and say that we'll definitely be careful and aware of what's going on socially, but obviously you don't want to upset the president of the United States and, you know, we respect him in his office. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I knew I was going to be put you in an awkward yeah. <laughs> situation, but maybe this is a great, this is a great question for the players association. I don't know what the players are going to do. Uh, that's a fair point. Yeah. Well, Ethan, we appreciate you coming in. Appreciate your time. Uh, we have always always have a lot of fun with, when you're here with us. So uh, uh, best of luck, and we'll try to catch up with you next time. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, we're going to take a time out here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, let's get into high school football. Ridgeline Riverhawks, Bear River Bears. We'll get into what those teams look like as their upcoming seasons begin on Friday. Stay tuned. It's coming up next on the Full Court Press. Hi, this is Bob Larson with LSS Insurance. You're invited. Come learn how to make an informed decision for your retirement, Medicare, and Social Security benefits. It's never too early to plan for the future. The third Thursday, August 20th at 7 p.m., come to a free seminar at our office. We will answer your Medicare and Social Security questions. Come learn about your options the third Thursday, August 20th. Call 752-9493 to RSVP as seating is limited to allow distancing. Call 752 If this uncertain economy has you concerned about your job, listen to what Schreiber Foods in Smithfield has to offer. A sign-on bonus of up to $2,000. Plus, they'll match any vacation time you've earned from your current employer. On top of that, new full-time hires get health benefits starting on day one. A 401k match up to 8%. Paid time off, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Offer applies to the Smithfield Schreiber Foods location only. Full and part-time positions available. Apply online at SchreiberFoods.com and click on the Smithfield location. Equal opportunity employer. Show your school support with a customized face mask from Locker 42. Locker 42 has custom face masks in stock featuring Skyview, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, Green Canyon, and Utah State. These $15 face masks are the best, and they look great. They're lightweight, washable, reusable, adjustable, and come in two sizes. Get your customized school face mask from either Locker 42 location, 1430 North Main, and 36 South Main. They can also supply you with hand sanitizer and wipe dispensers customized with your business or company logo. Locker 42. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, A.J. Knight, here on the Full Court Press. A.J. Salveson taking some time off. He'll be back later on this week. He he's just he's didn't want anyone to see him cry about all the college football news because <laughs> he's know been what? holding out so long. I can't blame him. It's I, yeah, I feel that sad day for a lot of a lot of people. We, we focus on the athletes, those who want to play, but you think about all the other far-reaching implications. It, people within an athletic department, like sports information people, so many jobs. Uh, well, rep- I mean, reporters, broadcasters. You and Ethan hit on so much. Some of these small college towns like Tuscaloosa, how much they make. But on top of that, I mean, that uh, I don't. Th- I don't think you and I are going to be out of a job. Us, student reporters, other pro- sports programs that count on that funding from as you know. I think Ethan said what he eighty-five to ninety percent probably comes from football and men's basketball in terms of budget. I mean, whew, rough. Yeah, really rough. Uh, but from what we know, what we continue to be told from the Utah High School Activities Association and from the Idaho, similar their their group up there in Idaho, 
is that high school sports are still moving forward. You know, they have certain protocols they're trying to meet. They're following along. And so we're planning on a high school football season. And so yesterday we had a chance to find out about the upcoming seasons for the Skyview Bobcats and the Green Canyon Wolves. And now we're going to find out a little bit more about the Ridgeline Riverhawks. Uh, Dave Simmons has been calling the play-by-play for Ridgeline for several years. He joins us now in the Full Court Press. Dave, thanks for your time tonight. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, this Ridgeline team, um, it, let's get out the the beginning. This is a schedule that how it was going to start was in a, a lot of question and doubt when the Cache County School District said, hey, we're not going to allow any overnight travel. This was a team that was supposed to head south to play a game in St. George against a good team. Uh, but that game kind of got uh, a lot of uncertainty surrounding that game, but you've got some details that that game will still happen. Right. So, you know, credit to Pineview for being willing to work with Ridgeline to make this game happen. As Like you said, Ridgeline was not allowed to go down there and then stay overnight. It was an overnight thing that the district wasn't okay with. So they reached out to Pineview, and then they just had to find a venue, and they were able to find a venue down at Westlake High School. So you're still a couple hours away from here, but it's a lot better than, what, six? And playing in what could have been 100-and-something degrees. So I personally, I think it's better for, for Ridgeline to be able to go down to Westlake and play that game. And again, I know that the uh, administration for Ridgeline is appreciative of Pineview for letting that happen. So that's going to be played down at Westlake this uh, Friday night. And I believe game time is supposed to start at 6 for this uh, one. Yeah, I've heard that. It's moved up just a little bit uh, to yep. accommodate for travel. Um, right. So this, this Ridgeline team um, – there were some questions last year what the team was going to look like. A very young team last year. They were still able to uh, play well despite their youth. Uh, but right. this is a team that's now got a lot of experience coming back for this upcoming year. Yeah, if you remember, they were starting uh, sophomores all over the place on the field last year. Um, and and they all handled themselves very well. Now, keep in mind... That's, the strength and the experience of a sophomore is a lot different than, than a, either a junior or especially a senior. So, so they, they, their record didn't show great, but they were in most of their games. I mean, they were, they were right there and it really came down to some, just some, you know, some youthful decisions or some, um, even, you know, some questionable calls I thought as far as uh, even plays that were, that were called for them. But now, as you said, Eric, you've got, You've got your quarterback coming back, who's now a junior. Your starting wide receiver, who's now a junior, and and it, you've got really nine offensive starters returning. Nine of the eleven. And if you actually look, if you want to get into that a little further, they'll start uh, Jaden Harris, who's a player who who for his last few years he wanted to play with. Uh, I think a cousin when he was down at Roy High School. So he lives in. Ridgeline boundaries, but he's been down playing at Roy. Well, now for his senior year, he's back here with a lot of these kids he's grown up with and played junior, you know, little league football and baseball and everything together. So it's not like he's having to, you know, meet all these new kids and everything. He's going to fit right in. So Jaden Harris comes back and he's been a starter at at uh, Roy. So that's a kid who would have definitely been a starter last year. And so he's now what you would consider a tenth. And then Alex Lundahl will start on the offensive line, and he started on the D-line last year as a sophomore. So you could, in theory, say you've got 11 starters coming back um, for that offensive side of the ball. Pretty awesome. They should be really, I think, they should be really, really good offensively this year. 
Uh, Dave, where would you peg them? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but in terms of Region 11, because last year you talked about their youth and they they went winless in the region. Um, you know, I, 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 the uh, rankings have obviously Skyview up there really hard with Carlson coming back. So where do you put Ridgeline in terms of, uh, you know, Green Canyon, Mountain Crests, and all that? That's, you you got to knock off Skyview. I mean, you got to say that Skyview is probably going to be the number one, but I don't think they're going to roll everybody. Honestly, I think that it's going to be a lot closer any given night. I think any team can beat somebody else. So you might say Ridge, you might say Skyview, and then uh, Ridgeline and Green Canyon would be right there. Um, but I don't think any team coming into the season is like, oh my gosh, that that team is going to roll because with the experience Ridgeline has coming back, with the athletes they have on offense, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, I think it really comes down to defensively. Personally, I, I believe at least for this Ridgeline team, because defensively they only bring officially four returning starters. But then again, as you start looking down at the guys who are going to be, you know, quote unquote, uh, new off new defensive starters, all most of these guys played. Carter Murdoch wasn't officially a starter a lot of the season, but he was some of the season, and he would be a consider he'd be a starter this year. Um, Will Booth played a ton of time on the defensive side of the ball and wasn't officially a starter, but played a ton. Branson Jones. I mean, they have experience coming back on the defensive side of the ball. It's just, can they bring that intensity? You know, can they bring that, I guess for lack of a better term, the nasty on that defensive side of the ball to be able to do some, some things. So that's the question mark. That is, that is, is, can, can Ridgeline step up and play good defensively? And if they can, I think they're going to be a really tough team to beat this year. We're talking to Dave Simmons, play-by-play announcer for the uh, Ridgeline Riverhawks, and uh, looked like you were going <laughs> to have another <laughs> no, question. No I cut you off. Go ahead. No, AJ. I was just I was just going to ask Dave, uh, how much do you think a factor is uh, with teams being a little bit less surprised by Ridgeline? Because I know youth was a big factor, and you mentioned close games. I think I counted five games were decided by ten points or less. But I think a lot of us uh, following Region Eleven were super surprised. Uh, especially when Ridgeline knocked off Pineview to start the season. They started 2-0 and before um, losing their last two non-region games then going winless in the region. I mean, how much do you think that'll factor in? Uh, they obviously have a lot more experience, but I think people know that they're going to look a lot better, at least on paper, for sure this year. Yeah, I'm sure that's something to do with it. But keep in mind now, you have a different coach. You, I mean, they've been through three coaches in now three years. Right. It's uh, Travis Cox is a phenomenal football coach. Um, Travis, I will tell you this, nobody will be as prepared as Ridgeline. And, and I, I, I feel like personally, I really like coach Travis Van Leeuwen as a man. Phenomenal guy. I, I really enjoyed speaking with him. I saw I, the kids really, really liked him, but if there was a weakness there, and this is a personal opinion, okay guys, but if there was a weakness there, I don't think those kids were prepared for games coming in. They they would practice certain things each week and they would do the same things every week. There wasn't a lot of scout defense going on. There wasn't there just wasn't that preparedness that I know they're gonna have this year. You watch, there were certain games last year you watched and even from the even from the booth as I was or people in the stands, I mean you're looking at this going, How in the why in the world are we doing what we're doing out there? And we're not coaches. I mean, so you have to kind of rely on the fact that, okay, this guy's a coach. He knows what he's doing. But little by little, you start to realize these guys aren't prepared. They're just, they're not being put in a, in a position to win. 
And so you saw that when you have those those games like you're talking about where there are slim margins of, uh, you know, you're, you're just not prepared to be able to do that. I'll, again, guys, I'm getting on personal opinion stuff here, but when you're playing Green Canyon, you got to make the Lundin kid throw the ball. He's a phenomenal athlete. You can't let him get out in open space. He's going to beat you with his legs. They send their receivers deep, 20, 30 yards deep, and and you're bringing your your you're blitzing the guy. He pump fakes you. You go in the air and he's gone for 15 yards because all your corners and your secondary are 20 yards down the field. And they kept bringing him. I mean, who who's calling that? You can't. And these are these are little things that you just they were not prepared. I really, really firmly believe that we'll see Ridgeline a hundred percent better prepared this year coming into ball games. Yeah, this uh, with with Travis Cox. For those who may not be as aware, uh, this is a guy who had a successful high school career at Mountain Crest. Went to Utah State, um, and those were some questionable years about success at Utah State as a program. Right. But Travis was a good quarterback through all of that. Uh, but this is also a guy who's still been involved uh, with, with coaching youth for quite some time. And, and Dave, you've you've been closer to that than most of us. But this is a guy yeah. that's that's been around the game for quite some time. So my son started playing in the eighth grade. Travis finally talked him into coming to play, and and Travis had so now that group are juniors this year. So Travis coached that group all the way up the kids that are now juniors. But keep in mind, he knows. The other kids, um, we we coached a lot of them play, that played basketball. We we know these groups of kids. Travis knows them very very well, so it's not like he's coming in and doesn't understand what he's got to work with. I mean, there to me that hasn't been there hasn't been a learning curve like a lot of coaches maybe coming from different programs or out of state. Coach Cox really really knows these guys and he sees the game from a quarterback's perspective. As you mentioned, he has he has the the credentials. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. So. As when when my son played his first grade, eighth grade year, they won every single ball game and ended up winning the mini bowl. And the other, so there were two Ridgeline teams at the time, and the other Ridgeline team ended up going a, a game or two into the playoffs. And so he, there were two groups of kids coming in at that group that were really really coached well and did did an excellent job. So so he comes into a program knowing the kids. The kids know him. And they and they kind of know his philosophy, philosophy and his intensity, and and the way he's going to run a program. So I don't think it's quite as different as coming from a brand brand new coach. He coached with Ridgeline two years ago. He coached the freshmen again. There they would be juniors now. He stepped away last year, and I I get it. I mean, think about it. His son was 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 fighting for the starting quarterback position as a sophomore. I think that'd be hard to be one of the coaches and everybody's looking at it saying, well, it's because your kid's, your kid's the quarterback because your dad's a coach. Caden Cox earned that position last year without Travis Cox being there and being a part of it. He coached them as freshmen. They won every single ball game. Um, so now he's back with this group in a situation where I feel like this year they have as good a chance as any at, at going super deep. It really depends on the defense, as I mentioned. Next year, they should be really good as well. Dave, do you have uh, maybe one or two games like Markdown that I think will be kind of hard to predict early on, but kind of the barometers of how this season goes? Like if they win, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, this is going to be a special season. If they lose, maybe they might be more middle of the pack, like you said they could be. So you want me to look at the first three or four before they get to region? Because when you get to region – 
I mean, obviously every game's huge and every game's important. And, and you know, I think as we talk on, on the radio about the different teams in the region, it's easy to look past Bear River just because they're over the hill, but we never should because they're always right there. They have big beef every year. They seem to bring dudes that are huge, and they have they have a good senior class this year. So Bear River is their opener as far as a region game, and then you turn around and you get Skyview, but you get Skyview at home, and that'll be huge. And so, I mean, those those are really, really big games, but if you want to look at the first few to see, okay, how this schedule is going to go, maybe not so much this first one because – I mean, think about it. Last year, they ended up winning their first game against the same Pineview team, who, by the way, ended up going pretty deep, if I'm not mistaken, into the playoffs. Um, but Ridgeline just outscored them that game. And then some philosophical changes looked like they happened in my mind. Then they play Cypress. It's a, it's a game you should be able to get Cypress. They get them here at Ridgeline. It'll be the first home game, which is a week from this coming Friday, so the 21st. I look at a Farmington team. Farmington lost a lot of guys. They were senior heavy last year, but that's a huge school and a, and a, and a team that you're also going to have to, you know, they're going to have talent. And then you play Woods Cross, and again, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like Woods Cross had a pretty solid year last year as well. So it, you just never know who, how many guys they lost, what they have coming back. But I look at this and think, you know, they could start 4-0. I mean, they could. But I don't know. I guess that's why they say you never know until the game is played. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Well, this is going to be an exciting year for Ridgeline. Uh, new head coach. Uh, it's a team with a lot of returning experience. They had to learn it kind of the hard way last year, but it could pay off in big dividends for them this year. Uh, and if yeah. folks want to tune in to the uh, the Ridgeline games this year, where can they find you? We're on 104.5, um, but on the FM side. But I've found that so many people are, are – it's easier for them to stream it. So if you go to cashvalleydaily.com, you click on sports, tell me if I'm saying this right, Eric, and then you'll be able to click on where it says high school schedule, something like that. Yep. You can scroll down and you can stream any of the teams you want to hear in the Valley, which I think is awesome, by the way. And, and it's from a advertising perspective. People need to know that. So hopefully you guys are pushing that information out as best you can because I can't tell you. I get texts all game long. Hey, where can I listen? <laughs> Just cashvalleydaily.com. Go to sports. You're going to hear any game you want to hear as far as the Valley schools are concerned. Yeah, it's it's fun that we can do that. That we have the resources to carry uh, each team individually yeah. and uh, let them have their own uh, own broadcast team to to focus on them. So, and you've done a great yeah. job. You've been doing these high school games for a long time, either as a color analyst or a play by play guy. So, it's fun to still have you involved with our games. Well, it's been it's been fun for me. Now that I got kids coming up through here, it's it's a lot more fun. Even <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be there anyway. Right? That's that's true. <laughs> well put a headset of headphones on. There you go. All right, uh, Dave uh, Dave Simmons, play-by-play for the Ridgeline Riverhawks. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Best of luck to the uh, Riverhawks this season. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. All right, thanks, Dave. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of youth coming back on that team. Really excited to see how that how they come together. And with a new coach, does that really change fundamentally their philosophy and their training, or does he just add well, to what they were already Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we see that with Ridgeline two years ago? Because they switched coaches, and they had kind of a surprise year, and then last year they had a different coach and then dropped that. How much do you think, because I know you can't for sure, but obviously Ridgeline had a really good basketball year that kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. And in my, I feel like a lot of uh, high schools, the athletes are kind of the same across most of the sports. I think that's a factor because obviously football, they kind of, again, they had five games decided by 10 or less points, so that's half your season. But, I mean, they had a really good basketball season. I think that, as much as anything, would indicate that they're, they're due for a big year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, they've got some confidence and momentum on their side. Yeah. They're going to have some swagger coming into the season. Oh, yeah.
All right, let's find out about the Bear River Bears coming up next on the other side of this timeout on the Full Court Press. Elements Restaurant invites you to now enjoy indoor dining and outdoor on the beautiful Riverside patio. Walk-ins are welcome. However, reservations are encouraged and can easily be done at theelementsrestaurant.com or the Resi app. Social distancing measures are in place for your safety. Curbside pickup for to-go orders is still available. And follow Elements on Instagram and Facebook for updates on family meal kits. Thanking you for all the support these last few months, Elements Restaurant now welcomes you back for indoor and patio dining. Call 750-5171 or Google Elements Restaurant today. What are your summer plans? If you're like everyone else, your vacation plans have changed. This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Were you planning on Hawaii, a cruise, a week in Europe? That's not happening. This summer can still be memorable. Put the money toward that dream diamond ring she's been wanting. Maybe your plans were just an inexpensive weekend somewhere. Instead, pick her out a pair of diamond stud earrings, maybe birthstone pendant or ring that will always put a smile on her face. This summer can still be memorable. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special, make it Jarrett's. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. High school football begins this Friday. Some teams open at home, others on the road. Bear River Bears are one of those teams on the road as they open at Juan Diego. Their play-by-play voice joins us now. He's been very familiar with Bear River fans for many years. Clint Payne joins us on the Full Court Press. Clint, thanks for your time tonight. Oh, anytime, Eric. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, this is a Bear River team that um, it seems like they have kind of ebbs and flows about where they are and how well they right. do. Um certain points of a season, they look like they could challenge to be a region contender or really in the mix. And then there's other other times where they look like there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on and what their identity is. Uh, what does it look like so far for this team as they come into the 2020 season? You know, Eric, there's a lot of optimism. Coach Wise has been waiting a long time for this senior class. Um, you know, he's got his youngest son that's going to be a senior. He's got 21 seniors coming back, and a, and a handful of them, more than a handful, that have been three-year varsity starters uh, on both sides of the ball. And it's just the same kids, but, um, you know, they started on both sides of the ball. Uh, you've got uh, a handful of them that uh, were two-way players last year. They're back. You know, you've got a lot of offensive players back. Uh, they tried that spread experiment last year. didn't work so well, coach-wise. You know, uh, that's not his bread and butter. He brought in Coach Don Haas to try to run that. And, uh, honestly, it uh, wasn't a good experiment. So, Coach Wise going back to a more balanced, uh, you know, he's a real run-heavy, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust type guy. But he's going to go back to try to have a little more balance, maybe put a few more wrinkles in that run-heavy playbook. And, you know, he's got the personnel, especially in the backfield and uh, under center to, uh, to do what, what he wants to do. How important do you think that is, Clint, to have an identity? Because I know, I, me doing Mountain Crest, I think that's what you saw, kind of the transition that Mountain Crest made last year is that they realized, all right, we're just going to give it to Hutchinson. He's going to run it 40 times a game, and we'll figure it out from there and play tough defense. And I know when Mountain Crest played Bear, uh, Bear River, they had been kind of rotating quarterbacks. How, much, how important do you think it is to have that set identity? I think it's uh, I think it's huge, and uh, you know 
Um, Bears will have a set quarterback this year, but then again, with the set quarterback, you lose your top receiver from a year ago because you move him under center. Right. But it is more valuable to uh, to have that experience, I think, under center, especially uh, you have a senior leader out there. You're going to have three senior backs. You're going to have a uh, a senior heavy offensive line. Uh, four of your five starters across that front will be seniors. Uh, one junior, and uh, I think that this is more of a Chris uh, Wise type offense. If that line can block and Chris gets a little creative in his play calling, you know, you can't fall in love with just that veer play, which sometimes he, he has a habit to do that. You know, I mean, he's that's who he is, and he wants to he wants to go out and ground, you know, grind it out, pound it down your throat. If he'll open the playbook up a little bit, run a lot of play action, you know, get a little creative, and that offensive line can block. I think the Bears can be – they're going to surprise some people. This senior class, again, there's 21 of them, and this is a this is a group that as freshmen – now things change, Eric, from freshmen to seniors, but as freshmen, these guys scored 400 points in 10 games. So, And they've been successful since they were seven years old. So Chris has got a lot to be excited about. And then Coach Jared Lish on the defensive side last year was kind of an anomaly. Uh, first year that he real his defense really gave up a lot of points, but a lot of that was because they were gassed. So often it was three and out because the offense had no identity. Mm, good point. This is a Bear Over team that opens their non-region with pretty interesting, uh, eclectic uh, group of teams that they're going to be facing. A lower level, yep. upper level. You got some traditional rivalries. You know they have uh, some long-standing rivalries uh, against Morgan. We know the the Box Elder Bees, the the battle for the Golden Spike. Uh, this is an interesting pre-region setup for the Bear Over Bears before they get into region play uh, against uh, Ridgeline on September 11th. Yeah, no question. They start at Juan Diego. That's the team the Bears beat last year. Juan Diego loses John Colosimo, their coach, for 20, the first 20 seasons of existence, won eight state titles. He retired. Uh, Greg Williams, his longtime assistant, took over. Um, you're going to see the same type of offense, but this isn't going to be the same Juan Diego team. They're really young, Eric. Uh, they bring four offensive starters back, six if you include a kicker and a part-time quarterback. Their main quarterback, Justice Brasado, transferred to Hunter. Uh, Diego Valdez will step in at quarterback. Defensively, they bring four guys back, but they lose uh, – uh, lose four-star defensive end Xavier Carlton and two-star uh, athlete Kamari, Kamara Bailey. Um, so you lost a ton. Uh, Carlton at the U, Bailey at the University of Idaho. So uh, this is going to be more of a rebuilding job, I think, for uh, Greg Williams in his first season. I think that's a game Bearver should and uh, should win and should win uh, probably pretty handily. Morgan, uh, you get them at home. Uh, defending state 3A champs, they're ranked first again, but this isn't last year's Morgan. They bring four four returning starters back total from a year ago. They lost 28 seniors, Eric. So Bearver's sets up nicely they've got those two then bonneville on the road then box Elder at home for the hundred year uh hundred year game of the golden spike longest uh continual rivalry in state history Eric. this year will be 100 years that's crazy yes sir and yep longest uninterrupted rivalry in state history wow that's awesome yep. and yeah and you know something else that's nice i don't know if uh, any of the other guys have talked about this bear river schedule pending we have a season sets up perfectly they get they get Ridgeline at home, they have Skyview at home, they have Green Canyon at home, um, and they got Mountain Crest on the road and Logan on the road. So yeah. you couldn't ask for a better setup than the three that the, you know those other three on, at home in Garland. He's not wrong, Clint. What do you what would, for you? What would be the biggest sign of improvement for this team from? Because uh, I, I think most people when they think of the Bear River Bears, they think of the physical. And you talked about the getting back to the identity of of pounding the ball and, and how the defense kind of had a uh, hiccup last year from where it normally is. So for you, what would be the biggest improvement to jump from kind of where they were having those ebbs and flows last year to consistently being uh, good week in and week out? 
you know, I think it's got to be injuries. At one point, there were 19 players and guys that contributed injured last wow. year. At one point in the season last year, you had, uh, I mean, you had Bucket Jones, Chan Judy, uh, Josh Payne, um, uh, Baxter Wise, uh, Darian Johnson. I mean, you had like seven or eight starters, and that doesn't include the seniors that graduated. I think with them, he had 11 starters out at one point. If the Bears can stay healthy, um, I'm telling you, uh, fans out there listening, remember a couple of names. Bucket Jones is absolutely uh, a stud. He's arguably the best linebacker in the region, if not one of the best in 4A, but he's never healthy. Bucket's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field, and the Bears have to block the, the four-headed monster in the backfield of Josh Payne under center. Uh, Bucket Jones, Chan Judy, and Corbin Kierstad are going to grind yards, um, but it, it, it's, they've got to stay healthy, and they've got to get that line set up. Uh, defensively, I think being able to take a breath, Coach Lish being able to, uh, you know, make in-game adjustments where it was just three, your defense was on the, the field so long. When Coach Lish's defense can catch a breath, get it together, they're going to be scary, uh, scary. They got some good talent returning on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think I said this earlier, they bring, as far as the offense back, they bring eight returners back. If you include Easton Lish, who, who didn't play last year because of a, coming off an ACL surgery, he, he started as a sophomore and Baxter Wise, who got hurt two games in the season, you bring 10 starters back, uh, from, from one point or another on that offense and then your defense uh you're you're bringing back uh you're bringing six starters and then four guys uh that played a lot um you have a couple of a handful of two-way starters josh payne bucket jones chance judy uh justice dwarshack um darian johnson guys that saw so many reps last year this is a i don't know if the rest of the region realizes how experienced this bearable football team is and you know i know i'm a little bit of a bear homer but just looking at from experience standpoint you would think that would really pay dividends this year as seniors Probably that's probably got to be one of the best names for a linebacker in the region, Bucket Jones. Yes, yes, there is no question. And no one calls him Case, Eric. It's hilarious. Everyone calls him Bucket, even the PA announcer. And uh, it's starting to get uh, when we go other places that they, they, they call him Bucket over the last speaker as well. So, oh, yeah, you have to remember that AJ when they play Mountain Crest. Oh, I'm sure Clint will remind me. <laughs> that yeah, game. I will. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Circle that one. That game was. Physical last year, so yeah. Well, it should be physical this year too. Oh, sure. I, I can't see it being any different. You know, uh, Coach Lee loves to ugly up games, and I expect that's what we'll see. And Coach Wise does too. So we've been asking the other play-by-play announcers if uh, who you think that is is going to challenge to win the region this year. Uh, I think that it, there's there appears to be a little bit more parity this year than in years past. Yeah. Mason Falslove is no longer at Skyview. <sighs> Uh, so, what, in yeah, your opinion, Carlson wins the state championship? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's yeah, I, I, dead minor honestly, things. But what does that? What does the outlook look like from your point of view for the region? Here's, here's my opinion. Here's my opinion. Um, Skyview's probably still the, the strongest in the region, but they they lose Megatron and Ma- Ma- Mason Falsley, if you will. <laughs> he erased so many warts. Case and Carlson, uh, they lost a lot of offensive linemen, too. We're going to see if they can keep Case and Carlson clean all game. Last year, he was clean all game. And guess what? When there was a little pressure, oh, where's Falsloff? Oh, there he is. Oh, we want to run the ball, hand it to Falsloff. They lost a ton of good seniors in that senior class. Now, this senior class coming in is also good. This Bear River senior class and the Skyview senior class have been rivals since they were, they were seven years old. My thought on Ridgeline, they're going to score a lot of points. 
they're going to have trouble stopping people. I think people are going to score a lot of points, and I think that's the same with Green Canyon. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to have trouble stopping people as well. Mountain Crest is going to, you know, they're going to try to run the ball, and they're going to try to muddy up the waters. Yeah. And, uh, and I think Logan has a couple of nice weapons on offense. You're going to see some deep balls to Jalen Sargent, and, uh, and, you know, they're going to get him the ball a lot, get into a couple athletes. They have Jalen Hoff, but it's so balanced. Uh, you know, I like this Bear River team because I do feel like they're really, really balanced. If the offense can improve, and I'm going to say it again, play calling, just be a little more creative and get get the ball uh, in the hands of Payne, Jones, and Udy, and make sure you get a good blocking scheme in front of them, they're, they're going to be tough to deal with, especially if they can score points, because Coach Alicia's defense is going to be, I mean, it's going to be lights out good. All right, last thing from us, Clint, is if folks want to tune in and follow along the Bear River Bears, where can they find your broadcasts? Hey, it's over here in uh, Box Elder County. We split that signal with Ridgeline 104.9, the ranch. Um, tune in. You can get us online as well. Um, uh, it'll be myself, and then Bob Payne will be doing the uh, color commentating with me. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Uh, so make sure you tune in and kick off uh, this Friday at Juan Diego, 7 p.m. I'll be on the uh, pregame about 640. Art. Excellent. Clint, always a pleasure. Always do a great job with your work. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Take Thanks, Clint. All right, Clint Payne. Um, calling the games for a long time. Took a little bit of a break. And he's back at it again this season. So excited to have him back on our broadcast. I yeah no I agree. He's one of uh, my favorites to listen to. I remember when uh, my first year I went up to Bear River for uh, Green Canyon when I was working with Craig, and it was I was doing color and he was talking about defenses. I was like, oh man, I don't know nearly as much as I need to know because he was breaking down the specific defenses. You know, on his point, it's really interesting to me the way that the profile that the of region is. Because you have kind of the bigger teams like Bear River is usually a bigger team. Mountain Crest usually plays very physical, and then Green Canyon and Ridgeline are kind of those smaller teams that um, I got to. Yeah, yeah, and then Logan has kind of become a little bit finesse, and then I think Skyview kind of goes back and forth. I think they recruit some of, or they get some of the kids that are would fit in those bigger teams, but obviously they have a lot of skill talent as well. It's interesting how it almost splits in half in the region. The differences between the identities of kind of the teams. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. In you know, how much of that is just the geographically where they're located, right? Where the that population, what they're normally do. I mean, because that was one of the first things when I switched over to the mountain. Because everybody told me is there's really good wrestling school. So they're gonna be a really physical uh, football team, and they are. There's and no doubt in that. Yes, they are. Uh, that's great. We'll appreciate Dave Simmons and Clint Payne with the insights for the Ridgeline Riverhawks and the Bear River Bears. And uh, as Dave mentioned before. If you want to know what these schedules look like, if you want to know how to follow these teams on the air or online, go to cashvalleydaily.com. On the menu, click on sports, and there's another little uh, side menu that pops out, and there's a local prep sports, and that's where you'll see the the link for the like local high school football schedule. Uh, but uh, it's easy to follow. We've got a designated station for each school. Yep. And so if you know you want to listen to that school, you can always tune in on that night to, to listen to that school. Yeah, and Dave's not wrong. The stream makes it just so easy. No matter where you are, you can find yeah, whatever school you're looking that's for. right. You don't have to be in the broadcast area. You can listen wherever you are. So yeah. Aunt June in Kansas can still tune in to hear what uh, little Johnny's doing. My dad back home in Indiana <laughs> listens to me. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, some final thoughts on the hour before we hand it off. Uh, listen to the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. 
you're on vacation and your vehicle breaks down, nothing can be worse. What can you do? This may have been avoided if you went to A1 Automotive for a pre-trip checkup. A1 Automotive will give your car the once-over so you can prevent a disaster. And they offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty and roadside assistance. Online at A1AutomotivePerformance.com. A1 Automotive is so busy, they need experienced automotive techs. If you're looking for a change of scenery, give them a call or drop off your resume at the shop on 10th West. The sun is shining and the mountains are calling. Hi, this is Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. Alpine's having the biggest outdoor sale of the year with $125 off any of our portable oxygen concentrators. These concentrators are game changers. They're lightweight, compact, and battery operated. To find out more, visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Alpinehomemedical.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Knight, filling in for AJ Salveson. Appreciate the high school play-by-play guys letting us know about the upcoming seasons, which begin on Friday. I can't believe it's here. I know. It always sneaks up on me. Yeah, I feel that. Seems like once uh, once, once the, the county fair and raspberry days are done, right. it's like, okay, summer's over. It's well, high school football no, now. Yeah. Weenie Wednesday <laughs> usually ends the week before, back. too, so yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's back to school time. Uh, NBA going on right now. We haven't had a, time, a lot of time to talk about the NBA today. Uh, a couple of games that went final. Uh, the Grizzlies have just been atrocious. Yeah, it's so surprising. In the yeah, bubble. For sure they, they were a the lot Celtics. for the play-in, yeah. They might not even make it. I don't think so. I my Again, my prediction is Portland and and uh, Phoenix. Those would be the two teams that everybody's pulling for. They're exciting. They're having fun. They're, they're trying to win. I want to see, uh, personally, nothing against because uh, I know earlier I said I hate Devin Booker, but I want to see Portland play L.A. in the first round because I think I don't think Portland would win, but I think they would make it super tough with how they shoot the ball. Yeah. Well, it's at halftime right now, Trailblazers and Mavericks. 66 points for the Trailblazers at the half. Mavericks have 58. Damian Lillard already has 25 points. Jeez. Insane. I mean, him and then, I, you know, one of the interesting things about the bubble is you got to think, like, so obviously there's the big transition, and then you have these, so uh, was it uh, – uh, the Porter Porter Jr. for Portland's been one of the breakouts, and then the oh, two Denver. Oh, sorry, yeah, Michael Porter. Uh, what is his name? Terry something Jr. on Portland has been one of the breakouts. I can't think of his name. I'm blanking. I'll find it. Um, Gary Trent. Gary Trent oh, Jr. Gary is Trent. What I meant. Oh, sorry, yes. but yes, him Porter and then Bol Bol have become these stars, not superstars, but they've like broken out in the bubble, which is the most unusual place. Yes. A surprising win today for the Spurs, beating the Rockets, 123-105. to uh, They're trying to keep their playoff hopes alive as well. That'd be some history. If they don't make it, it's like, what, the first time in 20 years? 22, 21, 23, something yeah. like that. Some crazy number. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Suns beat up on the Sixers. The, no Joel Embiid, no Ben Simmons. The Suns are on fire. Literally. Uh, literally. And then <laughs> later on tonight, it's the Kings and the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans have been mathematically eliminated. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Kings have as well. I think so. So this is a meaningless game. Uh, Get the kids some experience. Yeah, and then the Bucks and the Wizards. A G League uh, game. Also going on. The Pelicans-Kings game will be on TNT. 
I'd be surprised if the pucks the the Bucks really play their stars very much in this one. I doubt they already clinched the one what like three games ago. Yes. Do you uh, so? Do you think anyone challenges the two LA teams out west? I'm not certain that the Lakers are really that consistent. Okay, they haven't um, shot well. That's no, fair. They really haven't, and even the Clippers, they've been they haven't had a full complement of players, and they haven't been necessarily dominating opponents either. I mean, so. I think you can make the argument for them that they did with the Warriors, uh, especially last year. They always seem to. You, they always had that switch, and so they started not playing hard because they knew they could hit the switch, and at some point the switch isn't going to be there, yeah. and it seems like that's how they operate. That's the risk. I worry about that with Utah Jazz, too. They're playing these games to fix their seating, but they're not coming into the playoffs with a lot of momentum and right. confidence. Yeah, they What, the back half of that game against uh, the Dallas the other day, they basically just played the, the G League guys for the second half. Yeah, 22-point lead, and oh, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hang on now. <laughs> Let's get Emmanuel Moutier running the show. It's going to have a different story.